This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. When it comes to the way that they approach this in the rest of the season, as we kind of shift towards previewing this game here, it this is the best defense that the Niners have faced thus far. And the commander's defense is, it looks like they're going to chase young back. They are a top 10 defense, both against the run and against the pass. They do not score a lot of points, but I will say that uh, I believe it was uh, they, in 10 of the games that they played this season, they've allowed their point, opponent to score 20 or more. And the Niners allowing 15 and a half a game, right? Like you really just need to get to 20 with this defense. Yeah, And I, I do think that they can get to 20. And I think that this will be one of those games where I, I do the, the one thing I want, Brian, and we can't control any of this. Right. But the mm-hmm. one thing I want is I either want the Niners to, if you're going to win, win by a lot. If you're going to lose, lose by a lot. I don't want any nail biting games on the stretch. These last three games, I don't want any nail biters, right? Either blow them out or get blown out. It doesn't matter to me. Either way, like I, I hope they win all of them and I hope they're all blowouts. But the last thing I want is an overtime game or three games that go down to the last drive of the game. The, I, I don't want that because I want them to be able to at least somehow be able to play their players, but also get them a chance to rest, at, especially in the last game of the season against Arizona, who will most likely be starting either their QB two or QB three in that game. Yeah. So that's a prime rest game for the Niners. And I hope that everything's wrapped up by then. Because we'll know if, if they just keep trading wins with Minnesota at that point, we'll, we'll know. And and if Minnesota's already won that day, then we'll know that the Niners are the, are the three seed and that Kyle could rest everybody. But I don't I don't want this to be a close game. I want the Niners <laughs> to I want them to blow them out. Yeah. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not, because this is the best defense that they faced. And Terry McLaurin is an absolute stud. And they're they're you know their their quarterback position has been in flux with Taylor Heineke and and Carson Wentz, and they haven't really been able to decide. So, who is it? Is it Wentz or Heineke this week? Who who is it this week? It's Heineke. 
it's Heineke this week. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's Heineke going going forward unless he gets injured. Um, I okay. feel like I feel like uh, uh, Rivera said that already that that it would be Heineke's job moving forward unless, of course, injury. Um, you know, it's interesting. You know, you say this is the best defense they face, and and I'm not going to argue that. Um, or at least the best defense that they faced uh, during this this win streak. Uh, but in terms of, of DVOA, uh, they're still below Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is nine. Washington is 10. The problem with Tampa Bay was they were pretty injured uh, yeah. going into that game against San Francisco and then lost Vita Vea, which just you know opened the floodgates for them. Uh, Washington uh, is 10th is in, in overall defensive DVOA. Uh, they are fourth against the rush and they are 15th against the pass. And so as much as this team, you know, wants to to run the ball and and will run the ball, uh, it, this really could be another game where where Brock Purdy is going to be uh, the the one that that they have to rely on uh, to get this victory. And if Chase Young does come back, that's a little scary, right? They've got a pretty ferocious defensive line. This is this is the biggest test that this offensive line will have and and what I am most interested in and and we were hoping to get uh Brad Graham of the SF Niners on uh today with us uh, he just wasn't available we'll get him on here uh at, at some point but um I wanted to talk o-line because like I said this is going to be the biggest test that this offensive line has faced so far this season uh you've got Chase Young you've got Montez Sweat you've got Jonathan Allen you've got um Deron Payne, right? They've got they've got some dudes on that defensive line. And so the biggest question is how will this offensive line uh how will they play? How will McGlinchey and and Williams play against Sweat and and Young if Young is on the field? Uh Mike McGlinchey versus Chase Young scares the shit out of me. Uh yeah. so, you know, that's that's terrifying. But if if they can come out of this game with a decent performance against this defensive line, that gives me a lot more uh, confidence going against a team like Philadelphia, who also has a really good defensive line. And so that's the, for me, that's the matchup of the game is the 49ers offensive line versus the, the, the commander's defensive line. Look, this commander's offense, not very good. Uh, You know, honestly, the Tyler Heineke versus Brock Purdy, it's like that Spider-Man meme, like, (laughs) right there. Cause they're kind of very similar players. Right. Uh, Terry McLaurin is a beast, made it to the pro bowl. Um, but I mean, they're not, they're not a potent offense by, by any stretch. I'm not worried about how this 49ers defense will hold up against this commander's offense. I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, this NC 17 defense rated NC 17 for violence. No chance you're going to score 17 on us or more than 17 at least. So I, I think they're going to continue that trend. I, I, I think they will hold Washington uh, to 17 or under. And so really it's just a matter of can the 49ers get to 20? And I think that they can. Uh, and I think that they can because, you know, they've got they, they've got the – their offense is varied enough that if if the run game isn't working – you know, you'll start to see Shanahan look to the to the quick passing game mm-hmm. with Purdy, who has shown to be uh, really accurate and and a good decision maker. He's made a few. Uh, you know, Stephen Ruiz of the Ringer uh, put out a, a an article earlier this week uh, where he said that uh, since Brock Purdy has taken over in the in the Miami game, he has four 
turnover, according to PFF, four turnover worthy plays on the season, which that percentage would be third worst in the NFL. Um, and, and that includes that, that dropped interception by Diggs last Thursday. That includes that, uh, interception that was, uh, negated by a penalty, uh, when we played the, the bucks. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried. And here's the thing. Brock Purdy is a seventh round rookie, right? I have, Mm -hmm. I have full expectations that every time he steps on the field, he's going to throw at least one interception. It Mm -hmm. feels like it. That feels like. That doesn't feel crazy to me, right? You're right. talking about a kid who is a, a seventh round rookie, and and on Saturday he'll be starting his third NFL game, right? Like you expect things like that, mm-hmm. but as long as, right? It's not it. He's not throwing multiple interceptions. As long as he's not making dumb decisions, and then he doesn't. He really doesn't. Even mm-hmm. that interception to Diggs, Shanahan said, like I, I don't, I don't. I don't fault him for that, for that decision. It was just a good play by Diggs, And it was Diggs read the play and, 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 you know, made, made a play on the ball. Kudos to him. Uh, and so, you know, I really do think Shanahan trusts Purdy, I, I, maybe even more than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know. He's dialing mm-hmm. up more for Purdy than he did for Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, he trusted Purdy to uh, on third and one, he trusted Purdy with a naked rollout where basically yeah. on that play, It'll, it's, yeah. if it's not there, if it's not there, then then you run, and he did. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he did it the previous game too with with the uh, Kittle, and towards the yeah. end of the game, and and yeah. uh, it was. I think that what you're everything. I agree with everything that you're saying, right? I think that Brock Purdy he will make his share of mistakes, and and he mm-hmm. will do he will make his share, his share of boneheaded plays. But I think what's missing is context here. And the context is that number one, like you said, seventh round pick. You know, Mr. Irrelevant, he was a seventh round pick for a reason. And the mm-hmm. second thing is, is that people neglect the fact that the defense is also paid to stop the offense. Sure, sure. That's that's the literally defense, their yeah. job, right? Yeah. The other defense is paid to stop the offense. So yes, they will force the offense into those plays every once in a while. And the fact that Brock Purdy has has a poor percentage in turn, turnover worthy plays, hey, you know what? That's great. But the fact of the matter is, is that he's still not turning it over. They're not, they're not turning into turnovers. It, if you if you break down film, like Patrick Mahomes, there was a point where he was leading the league in turnover worthy plays. Did it matter? It didn't matter at that point. Nobody cared about that because they care about the plays he's making. So, I think a lot of that they're, they're nice stats and cool to talk about for us that, that create content. But a lot of stuff is just like the players don't care about that. They care about what the plays that he makes. So, I'm with you. I think that the, the the offense of the Commanders won't be enough. It'll be a signature Kyle game where he he calls a lot of short quick passes to neutralize that defensive line i i they, they don't i don't think they blitz a ton because they get a lot of pressure up front with with the four yeah. so you'll see a lot of probably soft coverage from them and a lot of gaps especially dump offs and mccaffrey and, and he's been a focal point and ever since he's he's come to this offense and really gotten into a rhythm they've they've looked completely different and they've looked like they have some sort of uh some sort of flow now whereas before they've they looked a lot, very 27 points a game they're averaging with mccaffrey exactly so as, as we're up against it here um you know, I'm going to make my pick and I'm going to say the Niners win this. And I'm going to say that, uh, they, they win this 24 to 13. Awesome. I, I also am, am picking the 49ers again. I'm going to, <laughs> uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, everybody. 
Next week, I'm also going to pick the 49ers. And the following week, I'm also going to pick the 49ers. So just know that going in, right? I'm just going to keep my pattern. I'm going to pick them for every game this season. I got to I gotta ride that train further. But uh, I I agree. You know, I, I think, I, I like I said, I'm not afraid of this uh, commander's offense scoring enough mm. to win this game for them. Uh, I do think that they're going to hold this, this 49ers offense to less than their scoring average over this uh, winning streak, which again is 27 points, Um, you know, over their last uh, five games, after that, over their last six games, they've allowed 20, 20, 13, 10, 21, and 20. It's pretty consistent. Uh, So they allowed 20 to the Vikings. They allowed 21 to the Eagles, 10 to the Texans, 13 to the Falcons, 20 to the Giants, and then 20 again to the Giants. Mm-hmm. If that Giants team can score 20 points on this commander's defense, I have no, no worries that the 49ers can't do it. And like I said, as long as they get to 20, I think they win this game. And mm-hmm. so uh, that is what I'm going to uh, to predict, that the 49ers win this game 20, and I'm going to use your same score. I think the commanders score 13. So I think the 49ers win this game 20 to 13, and they are – just that one step closer to the postseason, and and hey, we'll see the uh, the Vikings. Who do the Vikings play this week? They play. This they got the end this of the year. Great, oh, the Giants! They play the Giants. The Giants. Yeah. So the they same Giants that we don't trust. They could absolutely lose <laughs> that game. So and and the Vikings got. By the way, so they've got the Bears, who are an upstart team. You never know with Justin Fields, and then they've got the the Packers to end the season. This could flop happen, that. Brian. Flop that. It's it's Packers. It's Packers Bears. Oh, I'm sorry. Packers, yeah, Packers next Bears week. Bears. Bears. Yeah, I was reading that wrong. Yeah. I was reading yeah. that wrong. So if yeah. if they could possibly lose two out of these last three games, and they if could, that's the case, sure. Brian, we're in business. We are in business. 100. So 100. And if and if they lose out, then the Niners are in complete business. But um, <laughs> for sure, <laughs> before we before we get out of here, um, non football thing, big yes. news for. Area sports fans. Oh God, I don't even want to talk about this, man. <laughs> let's 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 time box this because we are we are a little bit over. Let's time box this to two, okay. to two minutes of thoughts. All right, Carlos All right. Correa. Yes, Carlos Correa signs has an agreement in place. Flies to San Francisco. Flies his family here. They're waiting in the hotel. Mm-hmm. He's getting dressed for the press conference. He was house shopping in the Bay Area on Monday. On Monday, the Giants inexplicably put out a press release saying that the press conference is delayed. And at that point, the antennas go up. We're like, uh-oh, what's going on here? And yeah. later on that same evening, we got we got the tweet from Mr. Heyman. Mr. Uh, Heyman, uh, John John Heyman, who yeah. is who is public enemy public number one amongst for sure. Giants fans. Well, not anymore. That, That's Farhan Zaidi, but that yeah, anyway. exactly. <laughs> that Carlos Correa has reached. An agreement with the New York Mets. And that's why Al's not here, right? Because he's celebrating out with Carlos Correa in New York right now. That's, that's what right. He's doing. And Judge and Rodon. And Aaron Judge. God. And Rodon. Absolute horse crap maneuver by the Giants to leave Carlos Correa hanging, leave their fans hanging. And then Farhan Zaidi puts out this tepid statement that, oh, you know, there was a difference of opinion about the physical and that we wish them the best. You signed Tommy Lestella, who Lestella, who was injured. And you, you didn't care about his physical, and you signed him. Now, all of a sudden, something from 10 years ago, from Carlos Correa's broken leg that he had in the minor leagues when he was 19, that yeah. crops up. And to me, Brian, that screams, that screams, hey, we don't want to pay you, and we're going to figure out some BS reason to get out of this right. contract. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And that is such yeah. Bush League. Such yeah. Bush League. You're talking about the uh, fifth wealthiest franchise in Major League Baseball. This this organization is worth $3.5 billion. Uh, ten times. Ten. Oh, yeah. Ten times mm-hmm. uh, what you're, you said you were going to pay uh Carlos Correa, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to pay Carlos Correa 350 or 350 million dollars. Mm-hmm. And uh over the course of 13 seasons, which was reasonable, is 26 million dollars a year, almost 27. This is the same organization that signed Buster Posey to an 8-year contract 2 right. years after he suffered the same exact injury that Correa did as a 19-year-old in the minor leagues. Buster Posey suffered that injury as a 23 year old in, in the major league in, in major leagues. And they had no problem signing him to that eight year deal. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have I Buster Posey. I, I Buster Posey is, is my guy. Like I, I would have Buster Posey's babies. Buster Posey is my guy, but this is the most embarrassing situation that i've ever seen in major Mm -hmm. in 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 professional sports in north american Mm -hmm. professional sports it is egregiously embarrassing this man was shopping for homes in the bay area Mm -hmm. and you ghosted him you just ghosted him and there's fans that want to blame boris want to blame uh want to blame correa no, Mm-mm. this is nobody's fault but Giants ownership and Farhan Zaidi, the president of baseball operations. Now, mm-hmm. it could be that the ownership got cold feet, but Farhan Zaidi is the face of ownership. That's his mm-hmm. role. That's what he signed on for. He's the one that's going to take the abuse. This is now an unmitigated disaster mm-hmm. for the Giants. They thought attendance had, had started to go low after uh, uh from 2019 now it's going to be an absolute ghost town in oracle and you know what they deserve mm-hmm. it they are not getting yep. a single penny from me this season mm-hmm. i am Likewise. absolutely absolutely disgusted mm-hmm. there's a part of me that's like i'm ready to move on and and start to become a fan of a different franchise i don't know that i can actually do that um i've been a giants fan from the womb my mm-hmm. license plate is right there but even as a fan, I can say my organization is an absolute joke right now. And yeah. it is infuriating as a fan. It is demoralizing as a fan. And I, I, I mean, I lost sleep and, and, and it, it pisses me <laughs> yeah. off that that's the case. Like it's yeah. almost embarrassing to me that I allowed this stupid ass baseball team to, uh, to, to put me like quite literally, I was on Twitter when that news broke. I had a meltdown in real time. I did not get to sleep that night till like 3.30 because I was so angry. 
and then woke up the next day still pissed off for the rest of the day and to be perfectly honest i'm still angry and it's just it's just like i said it's embarrassing and it's comically bad it's, it's comically, comically bad. bad. Like, and they haven't said a goddamn thing. Like, no, Boris not, has just like, been like put. Like Boris has put out video do, after video. What are we doing? It's, about like, oh, this this happened, pathetic. and he was dressed, and I think that like, even if it did, people are blaming Scott Boris, it's like, oh well, he he's gaslighting. If he if he was, the Giants need to come out and they need to say like, hey, this guy's actually not telling the truth, and this is actually what happened. They're silent. They're quiet. They are operating like the Oakland A's, right? Like I used to be an A's fan, right? And and the reason why mm-hmm. I stopped being an A's fan was not because of like, oh, uh, the the perennial revolving door talent, and they don't want to pay their players. No, it's because they will not commit to the city of Oakland. They will not commit to the East right. Bay, which is where I live, and mm-hmm. they will not commit to keeping that team in my home. So I will not commit to them until until a right. shovel is in the ground at Howard Terminal. I will not go. commit back to the A's. That was it. And and I always followed the Giants. I was never I was never like a hater. I wasn't one of those people that like hated the Giants. Always loved the Giants. Always followed them. But I, I was one of those people that was like, oh well, I'm not going to change teams, right? I can't. But yeah. I, I I did that a couple of years ago and followed the Giants and and I loved them. And and now it's just like they just seem so much like the A's. And this is a, a total second class organizational operational move that they pulled here. And 100%. if you're a first class organization, which the Giants should be. Yeah. based off of their history and the ballpark that they play in and mm-hmm. the impact that they've had on the city of San Francisco. Like if you are that type of organization, you cannot be making these moves. What yeah. free agent is going to want to join this team now going forward? Not one. And not, not, not one. Not Nobody's going to want to do this. You pissed not off a top most, tier free agent. You, you pissed off the most powerful agent in baseball, right? And none of his yeah. clients are going to want to join. The second thing that I wanted to kind of touch here before we get out of here was that the Niners had a similar situation with Trent Balky was here after yeah. the Harbaugh years, after he kind of, scorched earth for the 49ers and they and depleted the roster and basically killed that team. Nobody wanted to come here. No agents wanted to deal with them. No players wanted to come here because they had a culture of losing. They had a, a bad GM. They had a revolving door at, at the head coach position. And the only thing that brought them out was basically a name. And that was Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. And even then, and the, John the first year and, and John Lynch as well. And even then, and Adam Peters too, and Martin Mayhew, you can argue that they had a, a big impact yeah, as well, but even sure. then, it took them really getting Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of 2017 for people to start saying like, Hey, like these guys can kind of win here, right? If they get a good quarterback, they can win here. And that's when things started really rolling. And that's when free agents kind of started to come here. And the perception about the 49ers started to change. Of course, 2018 was a disaster, but then 2019 was what we expected in 2018. Mm -hmm. So for the giants, really, that's, what's going to cure this is that they have to prove that they can win. Problem is they have no farm yeah. There's no farm system that that's producing any sort of talent. They don't have any superstars that they can rely on the current major league roster. They refuse to pay for superstar talent. And mm-hmm. the stars that they have are aging. Evan Longoria and Brandon Crawford. Evan Longoria is gone, him. by the way. Evan Longoria gone. is no longer here. Right. So yeah. Crawford is aging. He's the only superstar that's left. Rodon was your other star. He's gone as well. And now it's basically, it. there's it's nothing. Logan there. Webb and Brandon Crawford. And the ghost of 2010, 2012, and 2014. Yep, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's all you have. Ugh. Anyways, we got to get uh, out of here. We're, we're way over, man. But I had I just yes. had to ask you about that, man. We are way yeah. over. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. It was it, yeah. Like I said, it was it was devastating. And and yeah. to those who are who are still listening, we appreciate uh, that you are still listening to us uh, rant and rave about our stupid baseball team. Uh, but <laughs> the good news is. I can I can rest all my hopes and dreams on the on this on this 22 year old guy right here, yep. uh, Brock Purdy. Uh, y- y- 
I'm ready, man. Bring us to the promised land. Here we go. All right. Well, there you have it. For Brian Rennick, this is Zane Nackby, and on assignment, Al Sacco. This has been another episode of the 49ers Web Zone Know How to Podcast on the Odyssey Network. Peace. Later.